Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Change With Him Real Raw Redeemed podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about what used to be my favorite Bible verse. And today, it it still is. I, there's, I actually don't have a favorite. Um, that's just not. There are too many. And I don't even really connect or resonate with single or specific verses anymore for a specific reason. When I first began this journey of trying to read the word of God and and trying to figure this whole spiritual biblical thing out, I was going about it in the completely wrong way. I was going about it for selfish reasons, but I think honestly, a lot of us do that. We were going to it for selfish reasons because most of us find that we're in such a deep, dark place of pain and anger, and, and we project and we take that pain and anger out on on the one, right? <laughs> We're like, if there is a God, why would you do this to me? And we go on this journey to try and figure it out. And before I went on this journey into this relationship with Jesus, I went on a journey into spirituality, into manifesting, into trying to figure out how to get things that I wanted and live without the things I didn't. And that came from past experience of narcissistic abuse, childhood, emotional neglect. All of that led me down this path and I'm so grateful for it. And I know that God uses all things and works all things out for our good now. And I know that now because now I've read the Bible. I read it one time. So if you're asking me to quote it, I will tell you, I can't do that for you. But what I can do for you and what I love doing with you is sharing my insight, my connection, my awareness, uh, my understanding. And it's just from my perspective. It's not the truth. It's not the one right way. <laughs> uh, I do know the one right way can be found in word, in his word, in scripture. And I would go to scripture selfishly and a lot of a lot of manifestation stuff that I would hear and I would underline when I first read the Bible was were things like ask and it will be given to you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I can get behind that. And so I started to just ask for things that I wanted and my prayers were very, very selfish. And it was asking for things that I wanted, that I wanted God to do for me and things that I wanted God to do to the narcissist in my life. Because I wanted him to be struck with the wrath of God. <laughs> be, I wanted God to like struck, strike lightning down on him and ruin him and destroy him. And as I read the Bible, I began to realize I don't need to ask for that because he is already receiving that. He's already receiving the wrath of God and not by God's pleasure, I, I know that God doesn't get pleasure in, in hurting people or in judging people or in condemning them or, or extending pain to them. But I know that it people, people who are not following the way of God experience that, but it's not like God sitting up there, like laughing, zapping people, like getting pleasure out of throwing lightning rods down to people and going, that, that's not how it works. But I used to ask for that because of the verse in Matthew, asking you shall receive. And I think a lot of times I'm so guilty of this. We take things out of context and we take them in a very selfish light. And I know that I did that as well. I was like, okay, well, asking you shall receive. Well, I'm going to ask for this. I'm going to ask for that. I'm going to ask for that. And then, uh, oh, hello. I woke up the next morning and I didn't receive it. 
Um, <laughs> and then I'd get mad at God. See, you're really not all that great, mighty, and powerful because you didn't give me what I asked for. I didn't receive what I asked for. And the thing is, it, he does. He does give you what what you ask for. He will give you what what you need. But when you're doing it with the posture of of a heart that's for Him and His will not my will, but yours be done. And then I would read verses like that, or I would hear that line in a worship song, not my will, but yours be done. I surrender my rebel heart. And I thought, oh shit. Oh, (laughs) oh my gosh. I have a rebel heart. I have a rebel heart. And then I'd realize who am I? Who am I? I'm no greater than the narcissist. I'm no better than the narcissist. We're all perfectly imperfect. We're all we're all selfish in our own way. And when we're using the Bible to pick apart and manifest or ask for the things that we desire because we say, well, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. That's true. And there are so many examples and stories in the Bible where they asked And what they asked for, they received. People asked for healing. Jesus healed them. They received healing. Look at the people who had leprosy. Was it 10 people who had leprosy and they're walking along and and then they ask for healing and only one stops and turns around and and gives Jesus thanks and gratitude? (laughs) He's like, hey, uh, you other nine, what's up? And they're like, what do you mean what's up? They, they don't have a relationship of gratitude with God and with Jesus. And and you you shall receive what you ask for, but it's not always, boom, right now, immediately. Sometimes it's later. And when you're asking for God's will to be done in your life, you can live in a state of abundance. You get to live with an abundance. Um, and it's not always an abundance of the things that you ask for. So what I began praying for was asking for peace. And receiving peace in my heart, peace that made no sense. The problems didn't go away, but I'd still experience peace. And so when I ask and you shall receive, I just wanted peace. I wanted to be left alone. And over the course of situations that we've experienced in relationship with the narcissist, I've received peace. I've received a deep, beautiful, meaningful connection and relationship with my daughter, which is what I was asking for. I was asking for depth of relationship with him. And through the depths of relationship with him, I experienced the depth and relationship with my daughter. We're so close now, so connected now. And I I love that I get that experience of relationship with her where I get to speak truth into her, where I get to see her speak truth and light into others. And it's so beautiful. So when you ask and you shall receive, what are you asking for? And how are you asking for it? And I realized I loved that verse because I thought that I could use it for selfish things. And I have received many, many things that I've asked for that that are, I'm like, oh, is this your will? <laughs> like This feels like a selfish thing. And, and the closer I got to God, the more time I spent with him and his word and through church and, and serving and worshiping, I'm like, whoa, okay. The more that that question comes to mind, asking you shall receive, how am I asking? Am I asking because this is, if it's good for me, it's good for all that I can share. This is part of my testimony that, that God blessed me with this. And then I can, 
I can share that with others or was it a selfish thing that, that only served me? And one of the churches I attend, they say, you're never more like Jesus than when you give and serve. And so when, when you're serving, when you're giving, he wants to bless you so that you can receive and he wants you to share what you've received. He wants you to give the gift that you've received from him and honor him and give glory to him through that. And I realized that that was one of my favorite verses because asking you shall receive, but I was asking for the wrong things. When I was asking for things that only served me, I didn't receive them. And in that I, I would receive anger. I'd receive frustration. I'd receive resentment. I would receive, <laughs> I'd be mad at God. And therefore I'd, I'd be mad at myself because there was a point of reflection of Sarah, look at, look at you, look at what you're asking for. And look at who that serves. And if it only serves you, and Jesus didn't come to just serve one. He came to serve all of us. And I realized I needed to have that same perspective to not just serve one as me, as the one, as the self-righteous one, but to serve all and to really give glory and honor to him because it deserves to go to him because that's who we receive from. And a lot of people talk about praying to the universe or to the stars or <laughs> the creation and not the creator. And I just have to laugh at that now because uh, it's it's funny. It's funny to me. It may not be funny to you, but it's funny to me. Uh, and I was, I was no better than anyone else. And I was doing things from a selfish place, a selfish posture of my heart. And the ask and you shall receive. I remember taking manifesting courses and I just had a laundry list of things that I wanted. And a lot of them were, I wanted someone else to suffer and I wanted me to prosper. And so I was wishing suffering on someone else and prospering on myself. It doesn't work like that because what that was an indication of and a reflection of is that I had suffering inside of me. If I could wish that on someone else, that means that I had it inside of me to wish on, like when you wish upon a star, right? <laughs> and, and I thought, whoa, I've got some suffering inside of me. So that was an indication and a reflection of things within me that I needed to, to surrender to him. So if I could ask and expect to receive good things, I needed to ask and expect to receive good things for everyone, for those who've hurt me as well. And I understood that that's what it means when the Bible says pray for your enemies and, and ask for blessings for them, for those who've done you wrong, for those who've hurt you. Because when you're honest with yourself, you've done a lot of wrong. And it really doesn't benefit you or anyone else to try to compare your wrongs and say, yeah, that's true, but not as many wrongs as the narcissist has done or not as many wrongs as the evildoers have done. But we're not called to be in a comparison game or to keep tallies over people's wrongs. We're called to, to serve. We're called to be leaders. And leaders don't get very far in their leadership if all they're doing is keeping score and making tally marks and keeping that red pen in their back pocket so that every time someone else does something wrong, they can rejoice for putting another mark on the board. That's really not the way it works. So asking you shall receive. Why are you asking? Where are you asking from? 
who does it benefit to receive that? If you receive that, how does it benefit others in your life as well? And so when we ask for forgiveness, when we ask for blessing, when we ask for abundance, how do we get to then be a source of glory? Are we thanking and glorifying God or are we thinking and glorifying the universe and then only experiencing selfish payback for that? Is it only serving us to experience that? And I think that's really true. We're, we're never more like Jesus than when we give and serve. So what are we giving out? Are we giving out desires of wanting other people to pay and to be punished? And if we are, like I was, and I'm not perfect, I sometimes still am like, get him, <laughs> sick him. <laughs> and then, then that's a reflection of our state. And then surrender. I surrender my rebel heart. That's a rebellion. And that's an expression of rebellion. And I know so much of my past, my past was riddled with rebellion, was riddled with expression of rebellion and turning away. And I was turning away because I was hurt. I was turning away from the pain, turning away from the anger. And then I was connecting with people who were in pain and harbored their own anger. So it was no wonder in the past I was an energetic and, and a frequency match for narcissistic relationships. We were a beautiful match for each other because I was trying to run away from my own pain. I was trying to wish it away, hope it would just magically go away and uh, connected with people who were doing the same. And I think a lot of people don't understand that or really connect with that because when we understand that, when we connect with that, it has us look at ourselves. It has us stop running and start looking, stop running away from the pain and start looking in the mirror. And when we look in the eyes, the windows of our own soul through a mirror, through this reflection, through this lens, we see what we've been saying isn't there, trying to pretend wasn't there. We see the pain of our heart. We feel it. And then we're asked to sit with it. We're asked to surrender it. But doing that is admitting that we have it. And we don't want to admit that we have that. We want to pretend that we're better than that. And a lot of us live in that state of that. And that's what I call the F me, the fake me, the fraud me, or there's the P me. I often refer to that as the pretending me. And so many of the archetypes of the emotionally abused and neglected, the ones that I talk about in my free private group on Facebook, Transform, we get into depth into all of those, but a lot of us fall into those holes and those traps and, and we don't realize that. And we want to just point blame and point fingers at others. And then we want to use the Bible as our genie and and cherry pick verses like ask and you shall receive and it's true god gives you what you ask for but if you're asking for him if you're asking for his will to be done and it's really funny because my daughter and i we talk about things like when you find the little weed things and then you <gasps> right? And, and you blow and you watch all the little things go away. We talk about making wishes on those because you see them in movies and you talk about when an eyelash falls on your cheek and you pick up the eyelash and you make a wish and then you blow it. And, and when a ladybug lands on you, that's good luck. And as it flies away, you make a wish. And when you wish upon a star and all of these kind of worldly things that we do to make wishes on, and I've realized that every time I used to do those, it would go back to that asking you shall receive. And it was such a selfish asking 
such as self-righteous asking. And there's nothing wrong with that. But where we get into trouble with that is if we're putting that before asking for God's will to be done over ours. And when we ask for that, and when we seek that, not my will, but yours be done. When we ask, then we shall receive. And the Bible talks about that. We will, we shall receive in abundance. We shall receive plenty. We shall receive more than we even asked for. And as I read the Bible, and as I really got to know better the heart of Jesus, I understood that principle, that truth, that foundation that he wants to give us, he desires to give us. When we want and desire to be close to him and for his will to be done over ours, then he does ours. But we have to surrender our rebel hearts. And my rebel heart was in the cherry picking of verses like, ask and you shall receive. And when I really began to understand this concept, all of the little wishes, the eyelashes, the ladybugs, the candles on the birthday... Now I just say, may your will be done, whatever it is, because I know it is far better and far greater than my own. I've got a limited mind and so do you. And oftentimes we can desire things or we can see things. Okay. What is the greatest thing that you can see or that you can desire? What's your greatest wish? And God's like, cool. I'm going to go so far above and so far beyond that so that you know you couldn't have done that alone. Like, I'm going to bless you so abundantly that there's no doubt and there's no question because the energy, the time, and the effort that you put in, you know could have only humanly gotten you so far that it only makes logical, conscious sense that you put in X number of hours, you get X result. But I'm going to bless you so abundantly and so magnificently, so far beyond what you deserve or desire because you surrendered your rebel heart, because your heart was postured in a position of serving and giving and, and was focused and directed towards me, my desires and my wills, not your own selfish desires and wills, that you're going to get all of that and some and more. And you're going to know that it, it didn't come from you alone, that there's going to be no question or no doubt that this was a God thing. My mom always says that it's a God thing. And I used to get so irritated when she's like, it's a God thing. I'm like, it's a God thing. Like just so annoyed, like shut up. No, it's not. And then I began to understand what that means when it's a God thing that there's no way it could have worked out like that if it weren't for him working it out like that. That you're like, wait a minute, how in the world? And and God laughs and he is like, honey, I'm not of this world. And I've called you to be in this world, but not of this world. And so when you follow me, you do things that are not of this world. You experience the blessings and the abundance of things that are not of this world hello. And you're like, oh, 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 you're good. God, you're funny. Like there's no way it could have worked out the way that it did if it weren't for him. And then in that we can tell the story of it. 
And then while we're telling the story of it, we're telling the story of him and his love and his, his faithfulness and his goodness and his promises. And then while we're glorifying him and not ourselves. And he's like, good, you got it now. Now keep doing that. Do more of that. And it's like, oh, okay. And then when we get off the path, it's not that we start experiencing all bad things. We can still experience good things, but but we experience good things from a bad place. And I say bad in quotes, if you can't see me, no one can see me, you can hear me, uh, because it's from, it, it gets more in alignment with our own selfish desires and gets out of alignment with his will. And his will is to, to abundantly bless you, those that you love, and to stay focused on him, his desires, his truth, his word. And a lot of times we want to take credit for the things that he's done and then get mad at him when we're like, I asked, but I didn't receive. <laughs> Did you not hear me? Let me ask a little bit louder. <laughs> and then we start shouting almost like when someone is blind uh, and, and they're like, wait, 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 hold on. It's not that I can't hear. I can't see. So I, I, I volunteered at night to shine the Tim Tebow foundation does this beautiful, wonderful thing. And they put together a prom for the special needs community. And I volunteered at that. And we went in and before uh, we were blessed to serve, we watched a video about the special needs community. And it was funny, but not funny. There was a lady who was blind. And when other people were interacting with her, they would raise their voice. They would increase the volume of their voice in the way that they spoke to her. And with humor, she said, I'm blind, not deaf. You don't need to yell. <laughs> and I couldn't help but laugh because we, we do that. And, and we do that with God too. He's not blind. He sees. He sees your troubles. He sees what you're going through. He sees your trials. And he's using all those trials to strengthen you, to, to bless you, so that when you make it through, not if you make it through, but when you make it through, you you make it through stronger. You make it through with more more strength and you give him the glory and the honor for the strength. And you can look through that and say, uh, he was there with me through it all. And I know that. And look at the outcome of this now. Look at what happened. There's no way I saw that this could happen, but he made a way where I couldn't see one and it happened. And I can be a testimony of, of strength and faith and to him because he made a way. And that's what he wants to do with you. He wants to use your troubles. He wants to use your trials. And, and if you'll stay faithful and if you'll keep your eyes focused on him and surrender your rebel heart, he will bless you more than you could ever ask for hope for, wish for, dream for, imagine for. And that's the secret sauce. <laughs> it's not asking you shall receive. Ask for his will to be done. Ask for the strength and the courage and, and the wisdom to continue to stay on that narrow path. And it's a narrow path. And if you know anything about narrow paths, I went to the, um, I think it's called KRB. I don't know. It's one of those like trampoline places. And they've got, it's like, gymnastics, they've got balance beams and there's these narrow passages and ways in the balance beam. And one of them is thicker. It's, it's wider and it's easier to balance on and walk on and stay on. And it's straight, no tricks to it. It doesn't move, but then there are different sizes and they're ones that are, that are more narrow and more difficult, more challenging to stay on. They're much more easily, easily you're, it's much more easy to fall off of them and wobble. 
you've got to really focus more. You've got to to really concentrate more on staying on it. You've got to breathe. You've got to have faith and trust in yourself that you can do it. And as we were practicing walking across it, there's many times that we fell off of it. And a lot of times that that's the representation of our relationship with God. There's many times that we practice and we cherry pick verses like ask and you shall receive. And then we don't receive. And then we get mad at God and we're like, screw this whole thing. This is a bunch of baloney. There's a bunch of BS. I'm not doing this. And he asks us to get back up on the balance beam, to try again, to keep walking. He sees when we fall, he sees our failures, and he is there to see us through it all. And he uses our trials and the tribulations to strengthen us and to build us up, to build up our faith, to build up our our relationship with him, to build up our trust in him. And a lot of times we don't like that because we we cherry pick verses. I know that in the beginning of my journey, I cherry picked so much of what I read. And I was like, look, the evilness is for the narcissist. See, the Bible talks about the narcissist. This is exactly what it talks about. Like in Proverbs, it talks about the soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no mercy in his eyes. And I was like, exactly. The soul of the narcissist is wicked and the wicked desires evil. See, the Bible talks about narcissists and his neighbor finds no mercy in his eyes. And and then when I remembered, okay, there's a verse in the Bible that says, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, no, I am the neighbor. I'm the one in relationship with him. I find no mercy in his eyes. He's an asshole. He doesn't deserve mercy. He doesn't deserve me to, to pray for him and, and pray that he prospers or that he experiences forgiveness. No way. Look, the Bible right here. See, Proverbs talks about he's he's got a wicked soul and he desires evil. Why should I pray for blessings over those who desires evil? Because the Bible says no. And then, <laughs> and then I'd read, when a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. Oh. Oh. Well, I want to be wise. I want to gain knowledge. <laughs> and and then I would say, he throws, read the next verse, this is the righteous one. And I would think, well, I'm righteous because I'm better than a narcissist. I don't, I'm not evil like that. There's no, I don't have evil desires. And then I would remember, well, I'm cherry picking the Bible and saying, uh, wait a minute, asking you shall receive. Uh, whose will am I desiring? I'm desiring my own over God's. And then I would read things like the righteous one observes the house of the wicked. And he throws the wicked down to ruin. And I would say, yeah, God, see, you need to throw the narcissist down to ruin. Throw him down to hell. Throw him down to Sheol. He deserves to go there and be there. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Am I the self-righteous one? I'm observing the house of the wicked. I lived in the house of the wicked when I lived with the narcissist. And now I'm asked, uh, and then I would get so frustrated and so confused. But when I took all of that away, and when I really just asked for wisdom and guidance and God, your will to be done, not mine, I experienced his will being done. I experienced an abundance and an outpouring of blessings. And then I realized it had nothing to do with me wanting the narcissist to experience any more evil than I know they've already experienced because my experience of that is separation from God, is not being in relationship with him, is turning from him, is running from him. God, not the narcissist. I used to turn and run from him because that's what they say. You need to put boundaries in place, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, energetic boundaries. And I, I did those things. But then I realized the same things that I was doing with the narcissist, I was doing with God. I was keeping separation from God because I wanted my own desires and wills to be done, not his. 
And so I pray for that today. If you were someone who was anyone like me and you cherry picked the Bible and you tried to use it to manifest your own desires, there's nothing wrong with that. But that needs to come after his will, his desires, and the way that he wants to use you in this life. So if you experience having a rebel heart as well, like I did, and you experience trying to use the Bible for your own personal gain, like I did, asking you shall receive, <laughs> I, I pray for you to invite him in today. Ask him to come into your heart and into your life and, and help you with surrendering your rebel heart and see what he does with the trials and tribulations that you've been through. He's going to use them for good. He is using them for good because he's the same day, same, same day. He's the same God that he was yesterday, today and tomorrow. And he always will be. And he wants you to receive the things you're asking for, but he wants to have a relationship with you through it all. So that's first and foremost, that's the most important. So if you don't have that yet, I invite you to begin experiencing that today. We're going to wrap up here in just a second. And before we do, I want you, if it's safe for you to do so, take a deep breath in and allow your eyes to close. And repeat these words with me, Jesus Christ, come into my life. I hear you knocking the doors open. Come on in. And when you ask, you shall receive. When you ask for him to come into your life and into your heart and help you surrender your rebel heart, you will receive that. And I declare that because I've experienced it. And it's so incredible. That is my hope, my prayer, my goal, my wish, my dream, my desire for you is to receive that too what you ask for. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.